Today's show is brought to you by Lightning Pod. If you have a podcast, you know that it's a lot of work. But Lightning Pod can help. We've been working with their founder, Eric Johnson, for more than a year now, and he's really helped us take the Smart Home Show to the next level. So if you're starting a new podcast or you want to make your existing podcast better, you should get in touch with Eric. Learn more at lightningpod.fm. What's next for Nest? Canary gets $30 million. HomeKit products are finally coming out. Plus a conversation with Beyond Homes' Alexei Urchak. All on today's Smart Home Show. Hey everyone, Mike Wolf here. Welcome to the Smart Home Show. It's Saturday, June 6th. And on today's show, I have with me Alexei Urchak, who is the CEO of a company called Beyond Home, which makes an interesting approach to lighting that ties in awareness of what people are doing and that creates basically what they call a first level of security, preventative security, in the sense that it basically allows people or makes people think that you're at home by understanding your lighting patterns, uses patterns, and kind of uh, recreating those, if you will. And we talk more about that, but really I had Alexei on to talk uh, about the last week or so uh, on some of the things that have happened in smart home uh, around the funding for Canary, around HomeKit, and just wanted to get his perspective and how it kind of related to him. As you guys know, I did last week with Jason Johnson, the CEO of August. Just, you know, I'm, when I had these great guests on, oftentimes I we talk about their company, which I do do with Alexei. I did a little bit with Jason, but you know, these guys are living it and breathing it every day. What's going on out there. They're thinking about home kit, what it means for the business. So, so, so these are the, some of the things I wanted to get through their filter, if you will. So we talk about some of the news, so that's part of it. And we also then talk about what their, their company's all about, but we didn't talk about everything that happened in the past week. So I wanted to just really briefly um, talk a little bit about the news about forthcoming news, which by which I mean, Nest sent out an uh, an invitation. They're having a press conference on June seventeenth, and they're saying come to our press conference, and that's about all the details you get. And so that leaves a big white yawning chasm of wonderment for us to think about what possibly Nest could be talking about on June seventeenth, what they will be rolling out. And I always think it's interesting. It always feels like there's a little bit of a game within a game going on with these big companies where, you know, they'll have one company will have an event. And then uh, before that event happens though, another company will say, Hey, we'll come to our event after this event. And it's just interesting to me that uh, Google obviously had Google IO. That was very specific, but then Apple had their home kit. They're having their worldwide developers conference. Well, I'm sure we'll find some stuff out about home kit. And now nest is waiting till after that to have their, uh, their introduction of something on June 17th. And I'm sure that, you know, they don't, completely schedule their worlds around each other. But I just think it's interesting. You have to wonder if, if this was very purposely, this Nest press conference was very much purposely after the Apple news that we'll get at Worldwide Developers Conference. I don't know, just me speculating. But what I did also speculate about with regards to the Nest piece is I actually wrote about it and I started to kind of, because I wanted to put my thoughts down about what this could possibly mean. What were some of the, the things that Nest could possibly be doing because there had been maybe 50 posts I saw headlines for about, hey, Nest is having a press conference, but no one really did any really good guesses about what they could possibly be announcing. So I did that for you. And so let's go over what we could possibly be hearing on the 17th, shall we? I think that maybe we're going to see refreshes for all three of their current product lines. So if you look at Nest today, which I would consider Google's hardware division for the connected home for and for IoT more broadly, 
I would say that they're going to come out with refreshes for their thermostat, which is kind of the which is kind of the centerpiece product for Nest. It's really what started the company. I think that they're going to come out with a refresh refresh potentially for the Nest Protect, which is their alarm system that has been kind of the problem child product, right? And let's be honest, you know, they came out, they had to do a recall based on some advanced feature sets around gesture recognition and then that turning off uh, the ability for the Nest Protect to work properly. And so Nest did a recall, which is always troublesome for a startup. I think when you do a, a recall, because um, it's not like uh, startups have a ton of money, unless you, of course, are owned by Google, then maybe you can handle it pretty well. And then I think the third product that they need to do something on is Dropcam. And Dropcam has been particularly interesting for me because they bought the company last year. Um, it's probably been about a year now. And and they proceeded to then drop what I thought was a really cool new set of features that Dropcam was coming out with built around Bluetooth mesh technology that would basically transform the Dropcam into a, a home security system. It was built, like I said, around Bluetooth mesh and and. And they basically stopped it before it ever came out. Um, and so they, I, I wondered about this aloud. They tweeted at me saying that we are reevaluating re the roadmap because that's how I communicate with companies. We just do it via tweet. Um, just kidding. Um, I thought that was interesting. But, you know, I, I have to wonder if Dropcam is going to come out with a next-gen product um, that is a little bit more of a light security product. Maybe they could go down the path of creating like a home security appliance like Canary, which by the way, I'm trying out, I'm using Canary and I'll have thoughts for you on that next week. Uh, it's an interesting box, the Canary home system side note. Uh, but I have to just wonder what Dropcam is going to come out with. I don't think they would revive the Bluetooth sensor, uh, and Bluetooth mesh, uh, system that they had been creating cause they dropped that. Um, I thought maybe they were dropping that because they were moving at the same time or announcing this new initiative around thread that is built on 802.15.4. But who knows? But I do think, stepping back, all three of these products need refreshes. Uh, they've all kind of grown a little bit stale, in my opinion. And so I think that we're going to see that, most likely. Uh, if not for all three, at least a couple of these. But let's speculate about some other stuff, shall we? Because that's always fun. What haven't we heard? What what is what void is Nest looking to fill? That, uh, and what product are they looking to create that we, no one's really uh, talked about? Well, I think that one potential interesting product could be an Amazon Echo-like device. There's been no secret that they have been uh, hiring audio people. They've had some job listings uh, on the Nest job page saying, hey, we want to hire a head of audio. And that created a few blog posts from people speculating, well, maybe they want to take Sonos head on. I think maybe, because I think that's an attractive market, the wireless speaker market. But I think uh, I think that they're going to do things a little bit differently. I think that if they do come out with something, they could create... Uh, like I said, uh, a voice control, an audio control layer that is similar to Amazon Echo. Um, obviously, Google is big into their own voice recognition and kind of speech recognition as a key technology interface. It's all integrated with the mobile Android phones. Uh, it's actually pretty works pretty well. I use it a lot myself, and I can see that being used around the house. We haven't really seen that to a large degree with their other smart home efforts. So why wouldn't they? Uh, if they do come out with a new audio product, why wouldn't they also integrate voice control? I think that could possibly happen. We'll see. I also think another potential new product could be something like a smart doorbell. A couple weeks ago, or actually probably a month or two ago, uh, there was uh, what surfaced a Google patent application around security where they talked about these kind of very advanced security concepts. I had written about it at the time, talking about things like let's use you know neighborhood network security networks. You know, people... 
uh, kind of being notified of uh, an event based on what's happening in their neighborhood. Interesting concepts. But what was also interesting in that patent concept or patent application was they actually had talked about some new device categories like a smart doorbell. And it seemed like the smart doorbell was kind of central to some of the things they wanted to do in security. And I actually think that the smart doorbell category is one that's um, largely one that's only been tackled by st- by what I would call startups, with the exception maybe Vivint. Um, uh, we haven't really seen a lot of the big companies jump into this. We, we've seen, obviously, Skybell. We've seen Doorbot, which is now Ring. They've changed their name and actually pivoted a little bit more towards being a, a light, kind of a light-layer security company or DIY security company. But I think that there's a lot of opportunity in the smart doorbell. I think it's just a logical and fairly straightforward DIY smart home category that a lot of people will probably want. The use case is so obvious. Um, people get it right away. Oh, I want. I see who's at my door. That's just super obvious. Um, so I think that there's going to be more people jumping into the space, and I I could see Google definitely doing that. So in the next, I also think that they could possibly be going into services. And what what I mean by services is something that is maybe like like a paid service. I I do think that we will see Google more, go more heavily into some way or some level of home security. And there's a massive opportunity. If you look at the ADTs of the world and all these guys, I think that that there is an opportunity for someone like Google to say, hey, we want to provide a subscription service, maybe even have a call center-based security. We want to do it more affordably using cloud technology, et cetera. Who knows? I just think that there's an opportunity here, particularly as they grow out the hardware footprint and the number of touch points in the home. Um, I think that security is a logical stepping off point into services for the home for Google. Who knows? Maybe they'll do that. Lastly, I think maybe they could be going into the smart kitchen. Now, this is probably, if I would have put a percentage bet on this, uh, I think that this is probably last in terms of what we may see. But who knows? I could see them maybe buying a company like Meld, which is a really interesting retrofit smart kitchen company that basically makes your your stove smart enabled. But I just think that that, that makes sense as a logical new category, a new kind of room for Nest to get into. So we'll see. So that's kind of my my feeling about what's going on with with what may be going on uh, on June seventeenth with Nest. Just my speculation. Take it for what you, you think it's worth. Could be nothing, or maybe you think it's worth a lot. Uh, either way, hope you enjoyed that. Hey, before we get into our conversation with Alexa Yurchak, uh, I just really quickly want to mention that uh, something that's pretty important to me and our company is we we were having our first event on November fifth called the Smart Kitchen Summit. And some of you know that I've I've been coming, kind of fixated with this intersection between smart home and the kitchen, et cetera. And that's why I'm actually trying not to annoy all you guys if you don't want to hear about it, but I'm creating a spinoff podcast about the Smart Kitchen. Um, and a lot more news on that very soon. But I actually created the Smart Kitchen Summit. It's my first event. We're super excited about it. We already have some great guests. We have some great sponsors. You can find more about it at smartkitchensummit.com. If you listen to this podcast and you want to find some way to support us, I'm not even asking to buy a ticket. If you want to buy a ticket, great. Go to smartkitchensummit.com, check it out. But if you just want to support us, like the Facebook page, follow us on Twitter. Um, you can find us on Facebook at you know Facebook Smart Kitchen Summit. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter at Smart Kitchen Con, C-O-N, Smart Kitchen Con. You can probably just search for Smart Kitchen Summit. Like us, would you sh- maybe tweet us out and let people know about it? We'd really appreciate it. This is our first, uh, this is our first event we've ever done, running our own business here, trying to uh, create something really interesting in this space to create a conversation. And we hope that you can maybe help us out. 
And of course, if you are interested in participating in the event, reach out to me, email me, just email us at info at nextmarket.co. I get that as well as my team here and uh, I'll, I'll respond to you directly. And if you want to participate either as a speaker or a sponsor, uh, I'd love to hear from you. Again, it's at smartkitchensummit.com. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter. And if uh, you want to support us in some way, if you're just a listener and you like the show, we ask that you support us by just following us on the social medias and maybe even mentioning us and giving us a shout out. Either way, anything's appreciated. That's it for my own plug. Uh, I, again, I can't help it. We're super excited about this event, so I wanted to mention it. But here's my conversation with Alexei Irchak with Beyond Home. Hope you enjoyed it, and we'll talk to you soon. Hey, well, I'm uh, super happy to have Alexei Irchak, the CEO and found, co-founder of Beyond Home. How you doing, Alexei? I'm doing great, Michael. How are you? Doing well. Well, you know, I, I did this last week with Jason Johnson of August, and I'm going to force you to talk about some of the news of the week with myself, but I, I do want to spend some time talking about Beyond Home because what you guys are doing over there is interesting, but I just wanted to catch up with some of the stuff. And one of the things I think is right in your wheelhouse, quite honestly, there was, I don't know if you saw the news that uh, Canary, one of the DIY security, I guess, rising stars, if you will, they had this smart home security appliance, just got a series B round for 30 million, which is a pretty large round. They had a series A round, I think last year. It's interesting because I think security and smart security, that kind of vector of the, the smart home space has been one that has been easy to identify with for like, I think VCs and, and companies, because you've seen a lot of activity in, in funding as well as M&A. You saw the folks from Black Sumac get acquired from Icon, by iControl. Um, you saw the Canary funding. Yep. Um, and you guys, I think, have been able to raise a couple million dollars. So when you when you go out and talk to folks about the space, you know, angels or whatever, talking about your capitals, is it a space that they get pretty quickly in terms of the use case? Because I, I think that it is one of those areas that's easier to maybe resonate with people and understandable versus something more a little more abstract in smart home, like um, you know, like you're say if you're like a uh, like a contextual data company targeting the smart home, it's, it's just harder for people to get. So is it one of those things you think people just understand better? Yeah, well, I mean, I look, uh, you know, uh, security is the most fundamental thing there is for the home, safety and security. Um, so it's, it's a great place to start. I, I definitely think that people get that use case. I mean, they understand, you know, kind of following on, you know, the, the, the you know what Nest is, you know, making things simpler and, and easier in the home and, and, uh, uh, and more useful. Uh, security systems, especially traditional security systems, are definitely complex. You know, and and they're a great thing to be uh, to be improved upon. Um, so I think there there are several. I don't think Canary's alone. I mean, there there are a number of uh, companies trying to uh, uh, deliver uh, uh, a security system in a more palatable way to a broader set of customers. Um, and so uh, they make a very nice product. There's others that are, you know, trying taking a DIY approach. Um, all generally variants on the the same kind of monitoring model. But it's nice to see the innovation around, um, you know, making it, uh, you know, delivering better experiences for the customer. Yeah, I think there's a couple things that are just, I think, resonate with, with people if they're going to invest. If you're an investor, you're thinking, okay, I want to tap into a market that's largely untapped. And I think the security market, when you look at the 75% of the people who don't have home security, that's just like a huge market. And then all these people in like apartments, like, and, and, People who are millennials who move around a lot, that's just a, a big market. Now, you might not want to give them a, a super heavy ADT system, but I think everyone wants to feel safe at home, right? So that could be a retrofit solution like you guys have too. I mean, so just there's just a big market that's largely untapped. 
Yeah, that's right. That's kind of this, the, the, the cardinal rule of the, the 20%. The 20% of the market that buy traditional security systems and, and they always will, right? And, and to get, to really expand the market, you have to take different approaches. And, and I think, uh, uh, Canary and, you know, Simply Safe and others who kind of went after more, uh, uh, renters or maybe folks that were, you know, um, you know, turned off by the long-term contract of a security system. You know, everybody's slicing, dicing that model every way they can uh, to try to expand that market um, because that's that kind of this fundamental rule in the security industry is that unless you do something different, uh, you can't really open it up. So that, that, that that's kind of been our guiding principle as well is to not reinvent the wheel, but to try to, to try to add uh, new value. Um, and, uh, uh, and and hopefully deliver a, an experience that people will grow to love. Switching gears a little bit, I've been following, and as I think everyone in the smartphone space has been following, what Apple's been doing just because it's Apple, right? So I don't know if you saw that this week that the HomeKit, first first products for HomeKit were basically announced and recognized by Apple. They actually have a site with the listing of them. And so it's a fairly modest group. I don't know if you had a chance to see, but there's like four products. Um yeah, actually five products. And one of one them of, was Lutron, right? Yeah, yeah, one, one of them was one Lutron. Lutron. Be great, yeah. So, so yeah. It, but it speaks to me that it's. I think HomeKit is was a fairly ambitious effort, and I think taking what Apple wanted to do, if, if you're a product manufacturer, wasn't just something that you could do overnight. So I think as you're seeing these products roll out over the next couple months, I think there's going to be a lot more of them. But it, it definitely was an ambitious effort, and so I think even Apple probably had their hands full getting this thing ready for launch. In my sense, uh, and, and by no means uh, uh, an expert, uh, but uh, and I have to look into the, the details of, 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 of the release, but I, I think uh, there's no one gigantic splash here. There seems to be, you know, pebbles being thrown into the water and get a little bit more look at, at what Apple's trying to do and everybody's trying to forecast where it'll end up. I mean, they're going to be a significant player there, as will Google, and I think... Um, Ultimately, it's about customer satisfaction and delivering a great experience. And so you're going to have to be compatible with both of those and, and others as well, um, in order to, uh, you know, to to, to to have a broad enough uh, customer base. But it's great to see something happening there with HomeKit, so you can start to get a little bit more visibility and, and, and seeing actual hardware. Uh, I'm anxious to see how those work together. Uh, and how seamless it is, uh, because I think that's what's most important. You've got to deliver something that's absolutely 100% seamless. Uh, and the minute the, the home is tricky, you know, because the minute you the, the line is so fine between annoyance and usefulness in the <laughs> exactly. home that uh, you, you really have to be careful about uh, 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 you know checking those boxes and ma- making sure that that people really will come back for more because that's what you want is you want them to say, hey, I had this wonderful experience with this product. I want to come back and see what else it can do. And if, if this product is compatible with HomeKit and compatible with these other products, I, I bet those products will, will deliver a great experience too. And you want customers, the broader demographic of customers, uh, uh, doing that, uh, that math in their heads. Yeah, there's there's a fine line fine line between usefulness and annoyance, and I think I managed to annoy my wife constantly by all these new boxes I'm trying to install. So hopefully HomeKit maybe helps <laughs> with that situation. But you said something interesting in that you know you kind of have to be compatible with both, and I think in the shoes of a a startup that you know all startups are resource constrained, but I would imagine you these are hard decisions for you guys. Like when you're looking back, going okay, do we take our product and make it compatible with HomeKit because that means obviously integrating some specific hardware that Apple dictates. 
and then you're looking at Google and Weave, and do we integrate with that? These are hugely important potential initiatives, but also they're, they take resources. So how do you kind of do that juggling act? Is it something you guys are constantly think, striving to think or thinking about? Uh, absolutely. Uh, you know, and I, I think you asked this on, on last week's uh, podcast too. So I was thinking about, Hey, how would I answer that question? And here I am. So, uh, let me, let me, uh, you know, we, we kind of had a, uh, 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 an interesting approach to this. You know, we, 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 we made our system modular and, and so it, it's, it works, it operates by Bluetooth, but it's pretty easy to upgrade our system to be compatible, uh, but, you know, physically add new hardware to our system to make it compatible with other, um, with, with, with various, uh, various protocols. So we're, uh, we're, we're keeping on our eye on things. We're able to move forward and deliver a fantastic standalone experience. But I think when, um, and we'll be both iOS and Android compatible in terms of, uh, control. Uh, but in terms of interacting with, with other products, I, you know, we, we always work from the experience backwards. So if there's an experience out there that we think is a really good fit with our, with our demographic and our demographic, uh, you know, re- requires a specific kind of control, um, to be compatible, uh, we can easily, uh, upgrade our system and, uh, uh, and, and, and add that, uh, what we call a smart module to our system to, uh, to bring that control. So for us, it's, it's interesting because we kind of made it easy for ourselves because we can, we can kind of, uh, go whichever way the, the, the winds are blowing. And, um, so, uh, we, we got around the choice that way. Uh, and they're still able to move forward and deliver the, the experience. And ultimately our, our customers at this stage don't really care. Uh, but they, they will when they're looking for what those additional products are that they want to be compatible with our system. And so one, you know, that, that's how we started getting really involved with Z-Wave is we, we know we want our systems to work with uh, smart security panels and, and, and that then tends to be a, a dominant platform. And so that's uh, that's how we started getting really interested in, in talking with the, the, the Z-Wave Alliance about that. And for the listeners, just to, to benefit them, give a quick description of what your product does because it, it's, I think, for them to understand what you're, you're building, it's in the, it's what I would consider in the home awareness and and kind of light security space, but it, it, it fuses with the lighting approach. So talk a little bit about what you guys are doing. Yeah. So, so, you know, we, we, we took a look at lighting and we thought, well, look, you know, outside the home and commercial and warehouse and municipalities, connected lighting is really, really valuable. But in the home, connected lighting comes across more as a, as a, as a, as a convenience. And I, I think you're, you're going to get a certain level of value out of that, but, you know, when the home, it starts with safety and, and security, and that's the most important thing. So we started, we were, we were absolutely mesmerized, though, by the, the subconscious behavior of turning our light switches on and off all day long and the simplicity and elegance of, of, of a light bulb and the install of a light bulb and, and how rewarding that is. Turn it on, it just works. Uh, so that kind of became our guiding principle in our entire design. And, and what we did was we, we took... Uh, the regular behavior of, of, and pattern of interacting with your light switch, and we turn that into something valuable. So, uh, our system, you you screw in your 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 LED bulbs, and they start uh, learning your lighting behavior just based on the on off of the switch, and they play that back kind of like a DVR for your lighting. Uh, they play it back while you're away uh, as uh, a for preventative uh, security. Uh, and the nice thing about this, you don't have to do anything. There's no, we're, we're against programming, you know, no programming allowed. It just go about your life and we'll take something you do throughout your life regularly 
and we'll turn it into something extremely useful. So there's a learning algorithm that kind of watches my behavior. But if, if, if I find like I'm not happy with that, I can then go in and do some manual tweaking, I would imagine. Yeah, you absolutely can. You can, and we'll make it discrete. So you can add activity or, or remove activity. And um, what, what's interesting about that is we we originally envisioned this as, as kind of you know you go away on vacation and you want it to look like your home. But but a lot of our customers uh, really saw it more even as an at home feature. So whether they live with roommates or um, or, or or their their spouse is traveling. Uh, they they actually get that uh, that, that personal security comfort of um, of being able to uh, uh, make it look like they're not home alone uh, when uh, when they when they really might be. So we 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 ended up going very deep into both that you know this category of preventative security, which we're we're basically uh, inventing. You know that that's how we're trying to add security a first layer of security. Uh, to the whole security equation. So we're not trying to be traditional security um, or, you know, there's tons of great cameras out there and there's tons of great notification systems. Our idea is, hey, let's stop an intrusion from happening, you know, in the first place. Uh, And then the traditional security system could be more of a backup plan. So that's interesting. So you have this description of preventative security and it's kind of like that, you know, when I go on vacation, I have like, I may have like, uh, something that turns my lights on and off at night um, to kind of give the illusion that I'm that I'm that I'm home when I'm not. And this is kind of the the next generation of that there's some intelligence around it, um, and it's 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 a learning based system, and um, it's it's obviously connected so you can control it. So would you kind of call it the next generation of what we've been using? A lot of us have been using where we have just kind of these general timers. Yeah, I mean, the, so there's a lot of aggravation with timers, uh, uh, but also it's, it's not precise. And it's right. not, if anyone's looking at your home, they'll know that you don't do that usually. And so it, it almost becomes a beacon for saying, hey, I'm not home. Uh, that's why the kind of leave a lamp on trick never works because no one's lamp was on at 2 a.m. Uh, so uh, it, it really is an exact replica and you don't have to do anything. You just screw in the bulbs and go about your normal lives and uh, but we went much deeper than that. So, for example, home intruders always do the, the doorbell check. Uh, even the most uh, drugged out potential intruder uh, rings the doorbell because they always want the path of least resistance. Uh, so our, uh, we, our smart module inside our uh, LED bulb, they, it listens. There's a microphone in there, so it listens. And when it hears the doorbell, it turns on the bulb in your, in your bedroom, in your hallway, in your entranceway, uh, makes it look like someone is uh, waking up and, and stirring throughout the house. You need to have like a voice of like a crazy person yelling uh, tied to your system, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's like the, maybe the add-on yeah. service you can. Yeah, well, you know, you're exactly right. That's that's exactly what we're going to do. Coming back to the modularity, we've already uh, announced our intention to add sound. So now you ring the doorbell and. Uh, Light goes on in the bedroom, you hear footsteps. The next light goes on, you hear a baby crying or a dog barking. And the, the final light goes on, and you, you hear a shotgun cock. Yeah, a, a gun cocking. The, yeah. the dog. As you want. <laughs> <laughs> a deep, burly boy. That's pretty awesome. I mean, is there anything out there that does that where there's actually kind of voice that's kind of t- tailored to? I don't know. It sounds like it'd be kind of a natural. 
Yeah, well, you know, that's the thing with all of the experiences that we deliver in our product. And we also provide, ex- you know, we listen to your smoke alarm and provide exit lighting to get out of the house. And uh, we uh, we work during a, a power outage uh, because there's a battery in there. It also allows the system to work without the switch. So basically how we, uh, how we curated this experience is to really build it off of very familiar experiences in your everyday life. So if, if you lose... If, you, if your kid uh, has a, a fire alarm at their school, they have exit lighting. Or if you lose power at work or at the movies, uh, there's backup lighting. It, it makes absolutely no sense to us that that wouldn't be available at home. And so that's what we deliver. And uh, we really try to be, you know, go after the fundamental, not just the convenience, but things that can really uh, provide uh, uh, real, you know, serious safety and, and, and security for people's lives. And what about alerts and kind of messaging? I mean, I think what I like about what you guys have there is it's a retrofit solution in that you don't have to kind of – to add a like kind of a first layer of security. You don't need to kind of swap out like an existing home security system. It might be able to work with existing like smoke alarms and security systems that could uh, – sounds like it would be notified – it would kind of be alerted to by sounds. Can it then notify me if I'm like remote via the app or via text message? Yeah, so absolutely, we're gonna we're gonna add that uh, as a again coming back to the modularity. It's very easy for us to add a cellular module or Z Wave module to uh, to uh, provide remote connectivity. Uh, security is uh, a very tricky business because you we wanted to give our customers the option of adding that. Um, if you if you ask customers if they want remote connectivity, of course everybody says yes, but then you say, well, that has to be on the internet then to make that happen. Then they're they're all out. They all check out at that point. So um, we wanted to give our customers the option, and we also wanted to tie it to a a a a, a solid uh, use case. So, for example, we envision our customers uh, after they've had this experience, they then go uh, and you think about their parents, uh, uh, elder care if they're living um, uh, uh, independently. Uh, you can you know you install this system, and uh, in you know just on a visit, it just takes minutes to install. Uh, screw in the bulbs, and now every time you, your parents turn the light switches on and off, you get a, a nice little unintrusive text message that says, "Hey, everybody's up and around and doing their thing." Uh, and uh, and then the like it's a daily value of, and I, I don't think I mentioned this, but the bulbs they actually do a, a soft fade every time you hit the switch, so it provides this uh, you know lighting to get you across the room or into bed. So it's it's really uh, great for fall prevention for the elderly. So the reason I bring that up is coming back to your questions and we would never add connectivity for connectivity's sake i think that's a big mistake i think we add connectivity if it's providing a a fundamental uh uh, value uh to our customers that that they want Uh, i think there's too much of a tendency to just make it connected and there's a big difference between uh something being automated uh and uh, something just being connected and you certainly see the proliferation of connected products and a lot of them great but, but some of them you scratch your head and you're like okay does that really need to be connected or are we just going overboard here yeah so real quickly for the home kind of the the smart home nerds out there that think about the the radios and kind of the communication layers you guys are bluetooth now yeah. but you guys have entered the the, yeah. the z-wave uh program where you you were actually the first in their iot awards program so talk a little bit about that and what you plan to do with regards to z-wave yeah, so we, we originally built the system to just be a, a standalone and up, upgradable through, uh, through these smart modules. We, um, 
And if you take a look at our site, using smart model is, is kind of the the, 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 the colorful uh, piece in the center that you just pop into the bulb. Um, we originally made it uh, Bluetooth because we know everyone's going to have their, their phone or their watch. And so when they're in the home, that, that's a great way to interact with the device. Um, all of the lighting happens through the switches. Uh, we're, um, you know, it, we, we believe you don't need to, it's almost sacrilege in the industry these days, but you, we think you don't need to reinvent everything. And the light switch actually you know, works pretty well. And it's actually really difficult to reprogram people not to go for the light switch when you walk into a room. So uh, we left the light switch alone and just made everything in the, the bulb. And we have the bulbs uh, communicating on a, a, a Bluetooth low-energy uh, mesh uh, made by uh, uh, CSR. Which is the company behind a lot of the existing Bluetooth mesh silicon out there. That's exactly, that's exactly right. And so... Uh, we see the, I mean, the, the, the distribution involved throughout the home is, is being great locations for all kinds of uh, sensors and future uh, smart home stuff. Uh, but um, the other thing, you know, as we started getting out there with the system and we were completing development, uh, we, you know, rather than go around traditional security channels, we, we embraced the channel and we went to the security conference, uh, ISC, back in April and talked to um, uh, uh, you know, experts in the industry and dealers and, and, and potential partners. And they love the idea of, of, hey, can you make a module that allows the panel to talk directly to your system and vice versa so that, um, you know, when uh, the systems can work together, both the preventative layer and the reactive layer uh, can work together to, to provide a full security solution. So it was really a natural fit. And uh, uh, I'm uh, extremely uh, grateful that we, we won this uh, award it's certainly going to help startups like us um you know uh, get the resources and the recognition to move faster uh and so we can do, you know deliver a great customer experience but practically more practically just for, so people understand when you look at a lot of the existing smart security systems out there from that are service provider managed they actually use z-wave as the radio technology and so by integrating with z-wave that actually can allow you to to more quickly tie into some of these managed homes, kind of active security systems uh, that you just mentioned, right? Yeah, and I didn't realize quite how dominant it was, but yeah. the more we <laughs> talked with uh, security players, we're like, okay, this is this is ultimately a no-brainer, and that's why we entered the contest. And we're like, geez, you know, we, this would be great to win because, um, I, you know, the, the, the hole in the bulb is just sitting there waiting for a Z-Wave module. Well, this has been good catching up. So it's interesting to hear a little bit about your your solution. When when can consumers buy? When I when can I actually go to the store or plunk down my credit card online and get the Beyond uh, Lighting Security System? Yeah. So we've been careful about uh, scaling gradually and doing the right thing and making sure that we've resolved all glitches and are fully certified and safe. Um, so uh, you you can buy right now. We're sold out for June and July, but we're shipping in August. And so if you go on the site BeyondHome.com, you can order right now um we'll uh make them uh, generally available in august primarily through our site but eventually they'll be available through um through security dealers um and we'll also make the system available through through other online portals and um uh, but right now you can buy the home version uh, right off of our website and i buy the home version just like very quickly what do i get What's it consist of? So you get the full, uh, the entire experience that I just described, and there's a nice uh, less than one minute video on there that goes through the experience. Um, there's an unboxing that shows exactly how the product works. You get uh, three 
security and uh, uh, home protection modules. Uh, and uh, we give you uh, three LED bulbs for free. Uh, so that's nice. Um, saving saving money anyway, with three LED bulbs. Um, and they'll come in both the uh, A-Lamp and the uh, BR30 uh, version of the bulb, uh, which which uh, uh, dominates the, the, the majority of the bulb types out there. Uh, you get the safety uh, experiences, the exit lighting, responding, you know, listening to smoke alarms. You get the emergency backup lighting. You get the preventative uh, security. Um, you get uh, the doorbell listening, uh, the soft fade from your light switches. And uh, you get all of that. And it's as simple as screwing in a light bulb. And we really made that our philosophy. And real quickly, what is, what is the starter price for the, this kit? Oh, sorry. It's uh, it's uh, 239 Okay. Uh, but uh, I think... Um, I'll check. I think right now uh, we're actually offering uh, it at one ninety nine with uh, free shipping. So uh, not sure how long that'll last, but um, I believe that's the price. Right and now. where can people find you? Beyond is it beyond home? Beyond home. Beyond, beyond home. home. Beyond home. Dot com. Great. All right. Hey, thanks, Alexi. Thanks for spending time with me. Thanks a lot, Mike. Great talking to you. Appreciate it, and keep up the great work. Love listening. Well, that's beyond home. Hope you learned a little bit about them. Also enjoyed talking to Alexei a little bit about what's going on in the market and HomeKit and, man, how to make sense of this all. If you're in his shoes as a startup, I think it's an interesting perspective. Hey, everyone, once again, thanks for listening. If you want to support the show in any way, just like my Facebook page or follow us on Twitter for my new event, the Smart Kitchen Summit. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Smart Kitchen Summit. Find us on Twitter at Smart Kitchen C-O-N, Smart Kitchen Con. And find us online at smartkitchensummit.com. Again, if you want to support the show in any way, uh, that's one way you can do that. I'd appreciate it. Once again, everyone, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you soon.